So good morning, Grace Vineyard, everyone else listening to this talk via YouTube or watching on a website or from our, um, yeah, on YouTube at any other time in the future. I don't know why you'd listen to a Christmas talk sometime in the summer, but you might do. Um, if you aren't already aware, this is Advent. As you can see up here, it says Advent. And the theme this morning is joy. No, it's not. It's love. <laughs> um, Two weeks ago, Jill spoke about peace, and last week, Mark spoke about joy. And if it's your first time, you can find all of our previous talks on our website and our YouTube channel. And as I say, it's love. When we um, were talking about who was going to speak on which subject of Advent, I said, oh, I'll do love, because I haven't done that. Well, when I checked up, uh, I talked about love last year (laughs) in Advent. So um, I'm going to do the same talk. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do the same talk. I'm going to do a different talk today. Um, but what is love like this Christmas 2022? Probably we're all concerned again in some ways. Last year it was Boris. He was, going to br- he was bringing in more restrictions. Christmas might have been cancelled again, but it wasn't. But this year, you know, we've got the cost of living crisis. We've got the war in Ukraine. We've got all sorts of problems around the world. So what has love got to do with Christmas this year? Well, let's start with Luke's account. In Luke 1, 26 to 33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, <coughs> to a virgin pledged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Who wouldn't be if an angel turned up? Um, And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She's just about to find out. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. So you're going to conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. What an announcement. But notice it wasn't broadcast to everyone to hear, like news today, which is instant, beamed around the world in a matter of seconds. No, this was a personal message to a teenage girl who I suspect had led a very sheltered life, given the culture of the day. And no wonder she's troubled. She's just been told she's going to get pregnant. How's that going to happen? You know, God's going to do it. Wow. And the golden thread that runs through the whole Bible story is one of love that culminates in Jesus' birth, life, death and resurrection. So what do we consider love to be? Is love a pile of presents? I've got a different picture this year um, under the Christmas tree. And yeah, presents are an expression of our love for each other, isn't it? And of course, God gave us the the best present at Christmas. Uh, uh, Just a few weeks ago, Mark Lisa spoke and gave a little mini-series, two-week mini-series on love. And the great commandment, the first, to love God with all your heart, soul and mind. And second, to love your neighbour as ourselves. So if you weren't here or watching on YouTube, I suggest you have a listen to it. And as part of what Mark said, he named things that he loved. And for me, these are some of the things that I love. 
I love Formula One. I'm not a rugby fan or a football fan, but I love motor racing. Unfortunately, Lewis was rubbish this year, <laughs> or his team was rubbish. Um, but anyway, hopefully next year they'll be better. I also love chocolate. Who doesn't? Well, you know, it's part of my five a day. It's got fruit in it, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, I also love my wife, Chris. Uh, 40 years we celebrate of marriage next year in June. 40th wedding anniversary. But as Mark said in his talk, these are all different kinds of love. But none of them, not my love for Chris or Mark's love for Jill or your love for anybody you love, can measure up to the love that God showed us when he sent his son and his gift for humanity. And we've sung that in these songs this morning, haven't we? You know, reckless love of God. How reckless to send his son. How reckless. Jesus put it this way in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This verse tells us that God loves the world, but we are the world. God, remember, God loves us. He's not talking about the planet. He's talking about us, his creation. He loves each one of us. And, and just to pick a bit from last year, I said, think for a moment about all the people that you love and how powerful that is. But then multiply that by a billion, billion, billion to the nth degree and you won't understand or grasp how much God loves you. And that's enough, really, of last year's talk. Um, because I said this year, we're going to look at it from a different perspective. So Advent reminds us that God's gift is love. And love is the reason that Jesus gave up all his heavenly authority and power, took on human form and came to earth. So how do we view Jesus this Advent season in relation to God's great gift of love to us? Well, the first and most obvious way we see Jesus is in nativity plays. And we've got a manger down here, so they're doing one at school. Um, in Christmas cards. And in the carols that we sing, we sang once in Royal David City this morning. So not only did Jesus give up everything he knew for us, he came in the weakest and most vulnerable way as a baby. Now, if I were planning the coming of the Messiah, the Saviour of the world, I think I might send sort of um, Thor, a Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Panther, Vision, Batman, Superman, all rolled into one as a superhero. And if you don't know some of those, they're all Marvel or DC comic characters. But that's not really important. The fact is, God sent Jesus as a baby. Why? I mean, what can babies do? Well, they eat, they sleep, they cry, and they poop. And they give us joy and laughter and everything else along the way, don't they? When you get that little smile... It's just amazing. Jesus, as a baby, couldn't fend for himself, could he? He was totally defenceless, dependent on Joseph and Mary. And as Mark shared last week with the story of the wise men, um, that really showed it. He was really vulnerable. You know, the, um, who was it? Herod tried to kill Jesus. And he had all the children under two killed just to try and get rid of Jesus. But God, in his mercy, 
um, let them escape to Egypt and gave them those wonderful gifts. So why did Jesus come as a baby? He came as a baby so that he would experience everything that we did. He would grow up as one of us, as a child in a family. We sang again in Once in Royal David City, wasn't it? He grew up, he faced all the challenges that we face day by day. And then he lived a life that's an example of what it is to live in a love relationship with God. And John 3 goes on in verse 17 to further emphasise God's purpose in sending Jesus. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, God wanted Jesus to know and understand firsthand what it was to be one of us, to live like one of us, and not to be a superhero like maybe I would send. The temptation, though, may be to leave Jesus there in a manger as a defenceless gooing baby that's not a challenge or a threat to our way of life. However, the truth is, he didn't stay a baby, did he? He grew up, became a man who changed history forever. So the second view of Jesus that we need to consider in God's act of love, then is Jesus the man. And can we have the next slide? There we go. So Jesus the man was baptised by John. He's healing the sick. He's telling stories and parables and teaching people about the kingdom of God. And he lived a spotless example of what living in the kingdom should be like. In our Connect group, as you saw on the notices, we're meeting again on the 12th of January. We're studying the book of Colossians. And in that uh, study, Louis Giglio, he emphasises the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus. And in Colossians 1, 25 to 27, Paul says this, I have become its servant, the church, by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in all its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. And this is the important bit. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of, his, of, his, of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus the man revealed the mysteries and hidden treasures of God's kingdom and in doing so revealed the depth of God's love for us so that we could experience that love in a living relationship with him. I did tell a little film. I'm going to use another bit from my talk last year because it's, it really expresses this. This is um, a quote from Father Pedro Rupi, who's a Jesuit priest, and he says this. Nothing is more practical than finding God than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you're in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what, you, what gets you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. What you're in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. And according to Dallas Willard, in A Divine Conspiracy, the agape love of God completes the picture of the heart of the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8, Paul tells us that love is patient, love is kind, 
It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. Now this passage is very often read at weddings as a picture of the love that husband and wife should have for each other. And so it is. But it goes much deeper than that. What Paul is really talking about is the agape love of God's kingdom. So that when we have been transformed by that love, by the love of Jesus, this kind of love should be be a natural overflow of our hearts and evident in everything we do. That's what Paul's talking about. It's not just about marriage, it's about everything that we do and how we follow Jesus. Just to emphasise it a little bit more, 1 John 4, 7 to 12. Dear friends, let love be for one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So Jesus, the man, is the centre of God's expression of love to us. Which brings us to the third way we need to see Jesus this Christmas, this Advent. And that's Jesus on the cross. As we just read in verse 7, this is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, it was out of love that Jesus submitted to death on the cross. It was out of love. John 15, 9-14 says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. Indeed, Jesus did just that, didn't he? He laid down his life, not just for his friends, but for all humanity for all time. So that we could know God, free from sin and condemnation, and having come into a kingdom relationship to share God's love with others. That's what our aim is, isn't it, at church? And as leaders, uh, at our last leadership meeting, we talked about this again, and we agreed the following aims and objectives for 2023. To be loving each other and going deeper in love with each other, equipping people to know how loved they are by God and to give that love away and to reach out to the community more. 
That's why we did the prayer walk around Purley a few Saturdays ago. We went out on the Sunday morning to speak to people. And yesterday, we went out singing carols and giving away goodie bags. Jesus' sacrifice and death on the cross is the greatest expression of love that there is and ever will be. And we need to share that with others. Which brings us to the fourth person of Jesus that we need to consider. Because thankfully, God's gift of love didn't end there, did it? Because Jesus didn't stay on the cross or in the tomb, but he rose from the dead, and on the third day, and when he went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 15 to 17, and 25 and 26, Jesus said this to his followers, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. See verse 17 and 26 again. The Spirit of truth, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. And that promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples. And the Holy Spirit has been doing the same ever since to all the followers of Jesus. Which means we can know the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and through us today. And that's exactly what God said to Jill this morning. And that Jill prayed for us all this morning that we receive the Holy Spirit in a new way today. So to draw this all together and conclude our look at love, we've looked at Jesus from four different perspectives. So how will you receive God's gift of love through Jesus today and this Christmas? As Jesus the baby in a manger, defenceless and vulnerable, who poses no threat to the way you want to live, but who laid down everything to become like one of us. Jesus the man who heals the sick, raises the dead, and introduces God's kingdom. As Jesus on the cross, who died for our sins and gave everything, even his own life for us. Or as Jesus, who gives the Holy Spirit to live in and through us. In truth, we can't separate any of those, can we? Because Jesus is every one of them. Baby, man, crucified, giver of the Holy Spirit. He's all of these things. And the world will only understand what true love is through us and our actions, as we seek to be like Jesus. So let's receive God's gift of love afresh this Advent. And as followers of Jesus, his apprentices, we should seek to follow and copy his example and put this living in and through the Holy Spirit into action in our lives. Well, thank you for listening. You can find out more about us. Um, the next slide, please. Find out more about us at the, well, you probably won't read that um, if you're online, but www.gracevineyard.co.uk. And in a moment, we're going to end the YouTube and open up the Zoom meeting.
For those who've got the invitation, and if you've joined us for the first time, email the church office and Mark will add you to the Zoom invitation. And here are the questions for this morning in Breakout and on Zoom. What most stood out for you this morning from this message? This Christmas time, how do you view Jesus? Do you need to receive him differently this Advent? Following Jesus' example, how can we share God's love more effectively with those around us? And pray for each other. God bless. Amen.